What up, everyone? DI Lions Spotlight with Rising Coaches is back. Today we have the Fresno State Associate Head Coach, Coach Mandy Carver, is representing Be Ready Family. We're so excited to have her here today. What's up, Coach? How are you doing? Great. Love that you're doing this. Uh, appreciate you uh, chatting with me. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. We had to make sure we get some of the honorable ladies of Be Ready represented. Uh, and so excited to have you here. So you're at Fresno State. We're not quite starting the season yet. It's coming next week, but year eight, I believe. Um, those that won't know this and no one would even know this, but I was at Fresno State for a season and I got to work in the same facility as you and see you up close to your thing and uh, much respect then and just as much, if not more now, and all the things you're doing and accomplishing. So uh, great person and coach. So tell us, a little bit about Fresno State first, and then we'll talk specifically about you and how you ended up there. Yeah, so this is my eighth season um, at Fresno State. Hard to believe. Um, I think we were speaking earlier about like having the opportunity to be in this business and stay at a place that long. It's uh, That's right. not typical. So really grateful that I've been able to be in one spot. I think you improve so much more when you have that stability. Um, and those relationships and uh, that that's really helped me grow, I think, here as a coach and in the profession um, as a whole. So really, really lucky to, to have the opportunity to be in the Mountain West. I think it's one of the best conferences on the West Coast. And uh, it's again, like I said, it's really helped me grow as a coach and develop my relationships and, uh, you know, the stability. You just you just don't see that all the time. No, you do not. So credit to your head coach and staff and most people inside the business know how important associate coaches are. People outside or people young in the game may not, but the associate coach essentially is the glue, in my opinion, of the program. The associate coach and the director of ops. The glue behind the scenes is director of ops, but the glue that has to make sure the head coach is good, assistant coaches are good, everything's on point is usually comes from uh, the associate coach. So talk a little bit about your role there. Yeah, I've been really fortunate to have a great mentor in my head coach, Jamie White. She has allowed me to have a lot of responsibilities. And again, uh, really fortunate for that opportunity. I think it's it's prepared me. It's helped me grow as a person. It's really challenged me a lot of times. Um, and the, the opportunity just to have my hands in so many areas, uh, I think has really helped me, uh, you know, develop as, as a coach. And, and again, having this stability to be here eight years, I have those relationships across campus, uh, with, you know, the administration within our staff. Um, and so, you know, a couple of things I'm kind of like, like you said, like the go-to person, people kind of filter everything through me. So I have to know a little bit about everything and be prepared and, and have, you know, my hands in all, all areas with, within the program. And then again, like you said, really important to have those support staff, like the director of ops, we have graduate assistants. We have two really, really good talented assistants um, on our staff. So it's really made uh, my role pretty easy and, um, helped me, you know, for that next step, because it sort of becomes like a, a managerial position where, you know, you're, you're managing people, you're motivating, you're helping them learn and get better and, and teaching them different ways to maybe do things that, um, 
you know, in, in a different way that they maybe haven't seen or haven't done before. So really, really fortunate to have have that opportunity. For sure. Talk about uh, coach. I love this shirt. So I got to move. I got to move this. Uh, your name, your name tag a little bit so people can see it. So female athlete and you just crossed out and says athlete. Tell me about the shirt before I ask you about your career and how you ended up there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I grew up in a time where women's basketball really started to take off. Um, you know, the the WNBA hasn't been around that long. And, you know, I get asked all the time. It's, it's kind of uh, frustrating, like, oh, you coach basketball. Is that a full-time job? Like, <laughs> right. You know, a full-time job. Like, 40 hours is like a vacation week, right? Yeah, I would say 40 hours isn't enough. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and like, oh, you played basketball and, and I, I did play professionally and people are like, people paid you money. And I think like no one would ever ask a man that question. So right. growing up with like kind of that um, that era of where women's basketball really came um, into the spotlight and became like an actual career or profession and women are getting more opportunities, I think we're seeing you know, in the NBA where women are are having the opportunity to coach and be a, a part of, of that, it's it's kind of nice when you can just look and, and say, yeah, you're an athlete. You know, you're not a female athlete. You're you're right. an athlete. Like you right. do the same thing. You you have to get up and do conditioning at 6 a.m. You got to lift weights. You've got to, you know, and it, right. it's it's nice that I think we're trending that way where people are seeing it like, no, you're you're an athlete. You are. You deserve the same amount of recognition. You deserve the same amount of pay. Um, you know. Hopefully, we can close that pay gap within the professional ranks in the women's uh, area and within coaching. One day, I think we're getting closer to it. So Amen. that's kind of my, you know, my my shirt. I like to wear some some subliminal messages, you know, especially around young females that I get to have the opportunity to be around every day and um you know hopefully it, it wears off on them and, and makes them yeah. one proud and a little bit like you know continue the fight for it definitely helps that conversation get started too right it may not otherwise happen just like right. it just happened right now so right i love it i'll tell you keep going coach i have three daughters and a wife who is a hall of fame athlete at her institution she played division one at colgate so uh yeah i would definitely say keep going it's needed Need yeah, more of it. And, Don, and shout out to Don Staley, who just exactly. broke some major barriers for pay equity. And uh, yeah, that's part of the reason why we have this alliance and uh, with Rising Coaches to be able to celebrate that, promote that and uh, those kind of messages. So definitely appreciate that. You talked about growing up and playing ball. Tell um, everyone your story uh, as a really good basketball player who eventually played professionally and then now in the coaching ranks. How did you get into coaching after playing? Yeah, so I, I think, again, having um, the opportunity to play professionally was never something I envisioned growing up uh, because it wasn't something that you saw or heard about because it wasn't happening um, in, in America. It was maybe happening in Europe, but like that didn't really kind of make the, the mainstream media like it does now. And uh, I just I knew I liked basketball. I knew I liked to compete. Um, and when college finished, I didn't want it to stop. And I did have the opportunity. Um, you know, I, I did some WNBA stuff. Uh, I have lots of pictures. It looks like I played a really long time and had a great career, but I played two games. So, <laughs> but the pictures, you know, I could tell a whole different story with those. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to, to play professionally in Europe for seven years. And 
really great experience. I got paid to play basketball, see the world. Um, I really grew as a person. I learned independence. I, I, I learned a lot of different cultures and, you know, appreciated all of the different places in the world and, and different, different people and, and diversity. It was, it was such a great experience. And I, I, again, I didn't want basketball to stop when, you know, my body kind of needed it to. So I had the opportunity to get into coaching and after I, I finished my playing career, I was able to start as a division one assistant, which I know is not typical. And uh, I was able to start at uh, California State Bakersfield and had a great first season, was able to move on to San Jose State after that. And then now I've been at Fresno State. This is my eighth year, like we had talked about. Um, and I've, I've loved the being in California. I think it's it's great place to coach. And I've been in the same university system. So it's made it pretty easy to transition between the different universities. And the opportunity to get to be around young people every day, um, you can't beat that. And I think being a coach is the best job in the world. I get to, you know, wear basketball clothes. I get to be in the gym. I get to like I said, be around young people and, you know, hopefully help them have a better life. That's, you know, that's my goal. I want to, I think basketball has the opportunity to change these young people's lives and that I get to be a part of that is so special. And, you know, I, I just, I love it. I can't hear you. Oh, I'm back. There we go. Um, I want to make sure I didn't interrupt you. Uh, so great why. Um, love that. I was going to ask that later, but you already covered it. Um, talk a little bit about um, yourself. Is there uh, family? Is there aspirations to be a head coach? Um, is, are there things you love? To, what are the things you love to do outside of, if you had to say? And then, then we'll get into some kind of pick and choose of Jordan, or Jordan Kobe, or LeBron and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would, I would love to, to be a head coach. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm really fortunate that I have, a, I have a great boss that has been a great mentor to me. And, uh, you know, I think I'm really lucky and that I can wait for an opportunity that I think I'm the perfect fit for. And, you know, that makes sense for me. Um, definitely would love to have a family. It's, it's hard in this business. I think, you know, you're seeing more and more people do it and be successful at it. And again, I think that's great when you can see people, um, you know, that are doing it and doing it well, it makes it something that, you know, oh, I think I could do that too. Right now I have two dogs and that is enough of a headache for me. <laughs> so trying to manage that, uh, that that's tough. So um, <clears throat> just, you know, wanting to, you know, take my time and, and make the right decision at, at the right time. For sure. What about when you're not coaching? Let's talk off the court. Let's get to know who you are as a person. What are the things you love to do when you're not coaching? So I love college football. I absolutely nice. love college football. Both of my younger brothers played college football. So uh, first that, of all, it's a good place to be for that. Right. It is. They have great, they have a great football tradition, great, you know, you know football program. So uh, I love, like I said, I love college football. Uh, I, I'm pretty much like it is basketball about 24 seven for me, a little bit of football mixed in, you know, it, it, 
uh, working out because that never goes away when when you're an athlete. And Do you still play? People probably always ask you, like, Coach, come play, come run with us. I'm too competitive. So <laughs> I can't like, you know, people do like the staff pickup or the rec league. Like right. I can't show those colors. Like they right. will be like, Oh, right. who is the crazy lady? We're not letting yeah. me <laughs> like, no one needs to see that. Like, I know that feeling. I know that. Yeah. Feeling. So like, I know myself, I know that it's just better that I stay out of that because no one's ready. <laughs> no, they're not. They're probably not coach. Uh, so in practice, what's the in practice coach like what are you like in practice if you don't mind sharing so it d depends right because associate coaches have to wear a lot of hats you have to balance right my role needed. is to balance like the head coach so if if things aren't going well and she's on them then i'm the fun one and maybe i'm like dancing or cheering or you know making sure that like everything is right. Like or jerseys are tucked in, shoes are tied, hair is right. Like, let's just like, we're hustling from drill to drill. And then, you know, when, when things are going well, I can be a little bit harder and, you know, then maybe I'm like, mm -mm, do that again. Nope. It's gotta be right. Gotta be right. Do it again. So uh, it, it's kind of a balancing act. And uh, I, I think that, that is something that I have gotten a lot better at over my time and, and within this role. Nice. Uh, so what about food? Are you more of a cooker or are you more of a go out? So I can cook. I nice. can. And the girls know, like, if, uh, like, they'll be like, if we do, you know, if we pass our conditioning test, will you make us cupcakes? Or, oh, nice. you know, I do Thanksgiving, so I do that for the team. Uh, but do I cook lightly? No, mm -mm. no. I, yeah. And again, Fresno has some great restaurants. So yes. I like to, you know, make sure that I am on a rotation of, of checking them all out. Nice. That's good. That's a beautiful thing. I like, I like to hear yeah. that. Uh, and Thanksgiving dinner, I'm sure that's probably a big deal. They look forward to that because you're throwing they do. it down. Yes. Yeah, they it. do. They um, love it. Are you more, if you had to pick one or the other, singing or dancing, which one are you doing in front of the audience? I wish I could sing. I wish I could. And I do. I, I don't do it well. But uh, I probably do a lot of it both, like, all the time. Like, I'm the one, like, okay. I'm singing in the office. I'm, like, dancing down the hall. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah. What's, what's, what's your go-to dance move? We got to know that. What's, Ooh, what's gosh. the go-to? It depends. It depends. Like, I can, you know, I can do it all, but... Uh, so you got some versatility in it, okay? Yeah, I got some versatility. Yeah, That's good. it like depends it. on the beat, the song, you know. Depends on the mood of the day. Okay, yeah, mood of the day, all of that. I like it. So no singing, just dancing. I mean, I will sing. It's just not good. <laughs> uh, so, so growing up, who did you look to uh, that you wanted to be more like? And then, if you had to pick Jordan, LeBron, or Kobe, who are you picking? Ooh, that is tough. Uh. I, again, like growing up, there wasn't a lot of like professional athletes to right. to emulate or to aspire to be because, again, it just wasn't visible. It wasn't on TV. It wasn't a thing. Right. Um, so I just I wanted to be the best version of me. And right. I think I competed with myself every single day and wanted to be better right. uh, and and now there's so many people to look up to and i love that for young people that they can turn on the tv and they can see female athletes doing amazing True. things i just didn't i didn't have that 
growing Did up. Did you look at any male athletes or not really? Uh, it, it, it wasn't relevant. Right. Right. It was. Right. It was. It's like I can't do that. Right. So that's that's again visibility is so important because Exposure, like no doubt. you you can see something that you could do because it's someone that looks like you. So you know, true. I mean, and uh, again, I love I love basketball, I love all sports, but so I, I that's a tough question: Jordan, LeBron, or Kobe? So I actually got to meet uh, Kobe and listen to him speak and. Uh, he did a clinic in Southern California and uh, he was, he was amazing to listen to and uh, his attention to detail. And then he was coaching his daughter's team and I got to watch them practice. And he had those kids, like they were, you know, 10, 10, 11 years old. And he had them like, Nope, not a perfect screen, not a perfect cut. Do it again. He had them running triangle drills at, you know, 10, 11 years old to perfection. And that was so impressive. And I think, again, his work ethic, his attention to detail, uh, top, top for me. Um, LeBron, the fact that he's still doing it like 20 years later uh, uh, blows my mind. But I mean, Jordan, I grew up with, with Jordan as like the goat. So it would probably, I would, I would probably have to say him, but again, really hard to compare all three because I view them as very different, um, but you know, I was I was a Jordan Bulls fan as a child because that's that was just the era, right? And you're not going wrong with any of them, coach. Let's be clear on that. You're not going right. wrong. Right. You're winning the game most of the time if you have right. any of those guys on your team. Um, tell us a funny story before you go, and then I end you with one last question or one last opportunity to say something. So. Funny story. It can be basketball. It can be you. It can be you singing and dancing. It can be cooking. Um, whatever you want. It can be when you were playing and you had an elbow girl to get a rebound and she lost her teeth. Whatever you got. Uh, this is this is a horrible story. I don't ever tell this one that often. But uh, my junior year of high school, we're in the state championship game. Uh, and, and I grew up in Montana. We had great crowds for, for high school basketball. We probably had like three to 4,000 people at the, the state championship game for girls basketball. Uh, at the end of the game, uh, the, there was a person in our crowd that thought we had won the game, but it, it was tied. So, uh, like we had a last second shot missed, but they thought like, I don't know. So this this kid takes a roll of toilet paper because that's the thing you do. You throw like big rolls of toilet paper in the air as like streamers. It's what you do in Montana. He whips this huge roll of like Costco sized toilet paper in out like onto the court just as I turn. And it literally hits me right in the eye and drops me. Um, and <laughs> we had to play overtime. So, uh, needless to say, we lost in overtime. I couldn't see out of my eye. And my senior year, everywhere I went, every game that we traveled on the road for, there would be a sign that said, we are going to wipe Carver out. With <laughs> so I got heckled my entire senior year, every road game, with these horrible signs to remind me of losing the state championship game. 
So, wow. I, I mean, wow. kind of a humbling moment. And no no I mean, doubt. kind of hilarious and can't believe that that actually happened. But I'm surprised you haven't told that story much. But I, I know. I, 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 sharing it's today. horrible. Like, it's horrible. We <laughs> lost. I got hit with toilet paper. Like, what? <laughs> that's not real. And then I had to relive it for a whole nother year. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a real story, but it, yeah, it probably yeah. motivates. It probably motivates you. Like JJ Reddick's got good stories like that, and he right. was a great player. And yeah, that's it's extra motivation. Yeah. Um. So last thing before we let you go, we're so glad you came today and let us get a chance to spotlight you. What would you want people to know about either um, you as a coach or what you aspire? to set out as a coach, either one, uh, just something you'd want people to, to know uh, more about you that, you know, sometimes in coaching people see us, but they don't know us, you know, and they right. think we're maybe one way. And so I just think it's cool when people can get an opportunity to say, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what I would want people to know, or this is the legacy I'm trying to leave behind. Yeah, I think that's great. My, my goal, my vision, um, of leaving my legacy as a coach is is relationship driven. I I strive to stay in touch with uh, every code every kid I have coached uh, over my career, and you know making sure that they know they could come to me with anything anytime, and I'm there to support them. Not just from the time they're 18 to 22 when when they play for me. That it is like it's a lifetime relationship and. That that's something that I have with my college coaches and something that that is what I want to be. And again, the the, the power of, of this game and the power of this opportunity to play college basketball can change your life. And I have seen that it, it changed my life. And the that's what I want these young people to know, like you can get through some of the hard stuff and you have all the support that you need. Um, it might not be all the support you want, but you have all the support you need and, and it will, it will change your life. It, it really will. And, and you'll have great relationships, uh, at the end of it. Amen. Amen to that. Um, love it coach. I'm glad we got a chance to hang out today. I did forget one question though, cause we are also a part of be ready. So, uh, not only did I work with your friends, don't get to see how great you are there but I've been able to get closer to you as well as we've been apart with Be Ready. So talk about Be Ready real quick before you leave. I almost forgot because I was so wrapped up into the story uh, that I forgot to ask. But, yeah, tell us about Be Ready, how you kind of got connected and what that has meant to you. Uh, so grateful for that that group, for that that family. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to college with with Alvin Brooks and, and one of the founders of, of Be Ready. And – um, he, he has done an amazing job with connecting so many coaches across the country and, and across the world. Like we've had, we've had people from all over the place, you know, be a part of it and, and talk on, on the, the, the Zooms. It's, it's so, it's so great to have such good people that I could reach out to, um, anytime, like day or night literally that that have my back and that they know I have their back and I mean constantly asking questions about basketball life uh you know everything it, it's it's been so amazing to to be a part of that network and um really opened my eyes I feel like you know uh men's basketball does such a good job of supporting each other mentoring each other and networking and 
um, to see that and to be a part of that. And that has helped me um, really focus on doing that on the women's side. So being a mentor, being, you know, a good role model, having that uh, so that we can have that same camaraderie on, on the women's side that the men do. And being a part of Be Ready, again, just so grateful. It, it got me through COVID and um, really lucky to have so many great, great coaches that I can reach out to. Yeah, I think that, um, hold on one second. Having a little bit of technical difficulty there. Um, yeah, I think that for me, the cool thing has been to see, and it's impacted me tremendously as well, just cool to the, the ripple effect that has started from that. Um, it makes it where, to be quite honest and quite frank, minority coaches especially, I felt like we were always competing for the same jobs and same players. And so we never really made the time. It felt like we almost had to be competitors. And I think that one thing that Be Ready did during that time was just like, hey, we're all in this to advance. We're all in this to help right. each other. It doesn't we're matter. We're all on the same team. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Black, white, uh, women's basketball, men's. Like, let's just help each other in this industry to grow, to get better, to ask questions. Um, so I think that part has been uh, amazing, which reminds me, one time you asked a question, and I forgot to ask this question, too, which I had it on my note to ask. But you have two of the bigger stars in the NIL game playing for you. Have they gotten you on a TikTok yet? Have they invited you on yet? And what has it been like kind of all of the hype on July 1st, was it, uh, when they first got their first deal? Yeah, I mean, they, I have crashed a TikTok, and then I told them, do not post that. So I think <laughs> have it for, uh, you know, in the event they need to use it, you know, to get something. No, but I was like, I, I was just like dancing in the background. I, I was being funny, and it actually recorded, and I was like, please do not post that. Oh, good Lord. No, but I think they did. They did put me on uh, one of the one time, and uh but they so, so in other words you went viral basically because everything they do goes yeah. viral it sounds like <laughs> yeah basically um no they they've done such a good job of of managing all of that um and separating it you know that is kind of like their off-court business and then they have been able to take care of things on the court and uh, just a testament to them as right. people players and and their family that that they've been able to manage all of that and people probably don't know this as players, because it doesn't matter with NIL if you're a good player or not. It's really completely separate and about your following and those things. Has Fresno, one part question, has Fresno got more attention because of that? And then secondly, or Fresno women's basketball? And then secondly, tell us about them as players, because people just think like, oh, they just they just do that. That's all they do. They're not actually players. Right. It, goes, yeah. it goes back to this, like you know, exactly. they see them as these, you know, social media sensations. They are phenomenal basketball players, like the best two guards in the Mountain West, in my opinion. So and on the West Coast, like they they are really, really talented. They work hard every single day. Like they elevate our practices. They're so competitive and competitive with each other, which makes it even more fun. And, uh, you know, I think people do forget about that. In a lot of the interviews, they they don't read up on them and know that, you know, one was 
Haley was the Mountain West Player of the Year, and they are both, you know, two two time all conference kids as freshmen and sophomores, which is, you know, pretty impressive to do. They, they, you know, they've they've both come close to scoring a thousand points in their first two seasons. So, uh, kind of, you know, I think they get frustrated with that too. They they want to be known as as basketball players that are really really talented, not just you know these social media stars. So. I, I think it's a great conversation um, for them to have and to kind of show people like, yeah, we're, we're good at both things. I love it. And, and they, and they need to, the next phase, they need to get your shirt. Uh, exactly. and They need to represent with your shirt uh, next. Right. Yeah. Um, well, coach, appreciate you coming today. I took a little bit longer than I wanted to with you. I know you got other stuff to do. Thank you so much. We, we could keep going and going, but, We'll have you back at some point in time. Best of luck this year and look forward to uh, all the success you continue to have. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate all you're doing. And, you know, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And be ready. Keep representing.